Welcome to another podcast of Mother's War on Violence. I am your host, Yolanda Wallace, and we would like to start by thanking WCBU 89.9 FM radio. And um, today we have um, our chief of police, Chief Eric Echeverez, in our studio. And um, I um, want to start by thanking uh, God for uh, the reason why we have uh, law enforcement in the first place and um, to help keep things in order and things of that nature. And, um, and there's a wise man that told me once before, <laughs> the, the chief, he told me this, which I actually found it in God's word that the law is for the lawless. So I'll I'll let him go ahead. And uh, Chief, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and um, how things are going and share some statistics with us in Peoria here. Yeah, Uh, good morning, or is it good afternoon? All right, still good morning. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Erica Chivaria. Uh, I came here about a year and a half, just over a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. So I've been with the police department uh, uh, as of August, end of August of last year, um, I, end of August of 2021, I'm sorry. Okay. okay. I'm, time, I, I'm losing time in Peoria. I'm so busy. <laughs> You're busy. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I came from Elgin. I, I think I've t- told mm-hmm. this story. I think everybody knows I was a commander yep, with yep, the yep. Elgin Police Department. Mm-hmm. Uh, more importantly, I'm a, I'm a father, mm-hmm. I'm a husband, I'm mm-hmm. a grandfather. Uh, I'm a, what I say, I'm an Afro Latino male of Puerto Rican descent. Awesome. And um, yeah, that's who I am in the nutshell. I was, okay, you know, great. very very simple. I, okay, know, I, uh, I I got my master's from NIU in public administration. Okay. Uh, I was in the Marine Corps for four years. Awesome, awesome. Um, so. So being a uh, uh, the the chief of police here in Peoria, we see I see you're everywhere. You're in lots of different places, and I know you have. Uh, assistant chief and you have different lieutenants and stuff up under you and stuff. What are some of the challenges that you have uh, being a chief? Well, I think the, the, the first challenge is I'm the new guy, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. let's, let's start from the beginning. There's a new chief. All eyes are on what's this guy <laughs> going to do? What's right. he going to do? What are the decisions he's going to make? And not just internally, but externally, right? Mm-hmm. I, so I've been here long enough now and I think the community is kind of observed Mm-hmm. who I am uh, and I think the and I know the the officers mm-hmm. know who I am and where my lines are drawn where what I accept and what I don't accept right um, so I, I think initially that's the biggest challenge to come into a city last year was my full year um, all the eyes were on what's this chief going to do what is right. you know what are, what are the goals going to be what what are what changes do they want to implement? What? How's he going to react to certain things? And so, mm-hmm. um, is he going to be accessible? Because there was a lot of people on my interview panel. I don't. I don't. Were you on it? No. Okay. I don't know who was on it because it was <laughs> no, like thirty people. Mm-hmm. So it was three groups. Wow. Ten, ten, and ten, and it was a. I think it was about. I want to say it was three hours of mm-hmm. interviews. Uh, if I remember correctly, at least it seemed that way, but okay. I was in one, and then I moved on to another one, and I moved on, and there was a lot of people. I don't know who was in all the <laughs> interviews. I met some of them <laughs> after the fact, um, but, you know, I made comments in the interview, and mm-hmm. I remember saying, 
Listen, if you're looking for a person who's going to be authentic, who's not just punching in and punching out, because I think if you're just punching in and punching out, you're not doing your job. Mm -hmm. um, a, a person who's going to speak their mind, mm -hmm. but also expect people to speak their mind to me. I don't right. want to be surrounded by people who are just going to say yes to me. So uh, you like accountability. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Cool. Uh, I don't want people just around me that are just, yes, yes, yes. I don't want to be the smartest person in the room either. Right. Um, we de then we definitely got a problem if I'm the smartest person in the room. Uh, and so I think the community has been able to see that in the officers. I think initially mm -hmm. that's the biggest obstacle. And then it's just the other obstacle, right? Let's call it what it is. It's the crime. Yes. There's – I knew and I didn't know mm -hmm. the amount of violence in this city, the right. amount of shootings, the amount of homicides – the amount of, right, yes, this, and then the amount of, of juveniles involved in a lot of this as well. And, and those are very big obstacles mm -hmm. to overcome, right? Because we, as the police, can't control it. If I had a, mm -hmm. a magic ball, crystal ball, mm -hmm. that told me where things were going to happen, well, one, you probably don't need the police, but two is then we wouldn't have these issues. But we don't. And a lot of these are, they happen behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. They happen in the cover of darkness. They, they, there's beef between some other people. We don't control that. And right. oftentimes we're reacting to the shots that are being fired or we're reacting to a fight or we're reacting mm -hmm. to whatever the crime may be. Mm -hmm. and, and so is how do we interrupt those things? How do we interrupt it mm -hmm. before it occurs? And so that, those are always the challenges. Yeah. But you know what? We, we found out, and I've, I've sat with you at, at several different meetings, that uh, the police can't do it all. Correct. Uh, that's, uh, there's, you know, all different other organizations within our community that will, and it'll take every last one of us. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one of our goals in Mother's War Against Violence is to find out uh, where the violence starts. And the violence starts at home. And so... Um, with Mother's War on Violence, we've experienced and talked to different, several different organizations, several different uh, family members, you know. Um, pretty soon we're going to have some conversations with fathers. And just talking about in general, where does the violence start? I mean, you know, what resources do we have to meet the needs? Um, which we're glad that we started the um, Coalition for Families in Crisis that that you attended that is awesome to have a partnership with the with the Peoria Police Department and trying to find out how to stop this violence and where it starts at um, and find out about the after school programs and so on. Um, but the the biggest thing I've known in and um, doing this and getting uh, together with the different organizations and things that we have there are so many of them around is that um, once we started the close-knit coalition we we're able to identify slowly the more that they come together what's immediately some of those things and our very first time that we had I, some things I didn't know that we that you know certain organizations did or did did not do um, and then when you're talking about teenagers why in our world is changing. I can't necessarily that it's just at home because there's things changing in social media. There's things changing, uh, you know, with the with the government and the laws and stuff and legalized, you know, different uh, right. things that are happening, and it, it becomes a challenge for community service workers like myself and as as well as you uh, being the police, but. 
Um, what are the challenges that you have within the police department? Because I, I, I know that you know the situation happened down in Memphis, and I know that there's some situations that happen in Peoria involving uh, police being in, you know, having to, you know, uh, take, you know, someone's life or ending in a fatality because of situations. Because we know that the police are to protect us, um, but then sometimes it seems like, you know, things get out of hand. Well, you know, I, I think you're obviously talking about Mr. Richmond. Um, you know, I, I don't. I, I was just saying yeah, in yeah. general. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, I, I, I've made my statements on that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, unfortunately, yeah. you know, right. that's the situation that the mm -hmm. state police is investigating, and, mm -hmm. and I made my statements on that one. Um, you know, our, our challenge is obviously within the police department is recruitment, right? Mm -hmm. We need to make sure we have enough right. officers out right. on the street to be able to do the job. Um, we, it, it's a, it used to be where you could, you'd show up, mm -hmm. there's five, 600 people applying for mm -hmm. the job, at least when I got hired. Mm -hmm. and, and we're seeing those numbers change. We're, we're seeing a new generation of police officers. Mm -hmm. They think differently. Um, you know, the way they do diff, you know, right, right. We, it, it's just a different, it's just a different person than it was when, when right. I got hired. Right. So, you know, we're, we're working on, on some new recruitment strategies to have mm -hmm. more officers in place. Mm -hmm. Again, officers ain't the complete answer. So one of the right. other things that we're, we're starting to look at this year mm -hmm. as we move forward is how do we hire non-sworn personnel that don't carry a gun, that don't carry a baton, they mm -hmm. may have a radio, to, to, to respond to certain calls? How do we respond to, and we have officers to respond to accidents just to take an accident report. Could somebody else do that? Right. We have officers to respond to retail thefts. Could yeah. somebody do that? Yeah, that's um, Do true. we have officers that, that, we have officers to respond to these burglaries that are a day or two old, right? There's the, it's not a hot situation. There isn't mm -hmm. an immediate danger that you need somebody to respond like a police would. So right. we're looking at that, obviously, and how do we do that? Um, and then, you know, a co-response mm -hmm. that we're, we're working on and we're trying to get through the, the budget process on that is how do we get mental health workers involved with the police right. department to touch all these juvenile cases that come through and domestic violence cases that come through mm -hmm. so we can prevent something on the other end. Mm -hmm. we're, we're working currently, we have a meeting coming up with the school district and, and uh, Chief Boone is, we, we stay in, uh, we have phenomenal contact with mm -hmm. the school district. Mm -hmm. And it, there's a safety network meeting. I think you were at the last yes. one. Yep, yep. I, I, I looked at him and I said, hey, you have to have, you have data, you have information mm -hmm. at the school. So if you look to people, uh, young adults mm -hmm. that have been arrested, have been shot, have been mm -hmm. killed, whatever the case is. Right. What did they look like at school? How many mm -hmm. referrals did they have? How many absences did they mm -hmm. have, et cetera? Now, go look and give us the top 10 for each school now so we can now start going and interrupt that now right. so they don't end right up. now. Yes. Right. So we're, we're creating, we're looking at creating some type of, we're going to call it kind of a task force mm -hmm. where basically we take that list Mm -hmm. and we have the key people in the room, mm -hmm. and then now we go knock at their door and say, hey, Mom, Dad, mm -hmm. we're here because little Johnnies mm -hmm. have had this many referrals mm -hmm. and this many absences, and this is the path he or she is going on. Mm -hmm. Now, how do we, what do we need to help you with? Is it that you're working mm -hmm. in, in the evening and he's mm -hmm. alone? Is there food is missing? Is there what's missing that little Johnny 
or little Mary isn't making it to school or, or having these many referrals. Something is causing this. Mm-hmm. How do we help you help mm-hmm. yourself? Because um, we want to interrupt it mm-hmm. early. Mm-hmm. And so if we can interrupt it, then maybe we can avoid it. Well, you know what? I feel the same way, um, uh, Chief, uh, because I, I think about um, when, when, when we were younger coming up, there were always uh, ex-offenders. There were always people telling you, you know, don't start. I mean, you know, the, there's different programs that we used to have, uh, the, you know, the McGruff, you know, the yeah, yeah. police dog and stuff like that and how crime isn't good and crime don't pay. And we don't have those things anymore. Yeah. So it changes the way kids see things. So I still um, try to go into the schools and I, I find it hard and challenging to get into schools uh, with the way things are now, just because those kids who are in school needs to need to know that there are laws that that we have to obey by and you just can't get out here and do whatever you want to do without consequences yeah and i think what you're seeing though is i think in the in this in these new generations Mm -hmm. we're seeing that the family dynamic has changed Mm -hmm. i i I could only Mm -hmm. speak on my behalf Mm -hmm. when i was growing up my mom was there when I left the school and was there when, when I got home, and my dad, so he had his role. My exactly. dad did what he did, mm-hmm. and he, he worked, and he made sure mm-hmm. certain things were done around the house, mm-hmm. and so did my mom, but there was always somebody there. Right. Um, you know, you, you always see, and I mentioned this the other day on a different radio show, mm-hmm. is that we, we talk, and we continue to say it takes a village, right? Right. Where's the village at? Well, the village is breaking down. That's right. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So the, I don't think... It's the not village is there like it used to be. No, because I think I think it's you not come either. say something to my kid, I'm ready to fight. Right, yeah, that's, that's what usually that's, is happening, yeah, it is. and it wasn't like that. No, and people are are, are mm-hmm. really just trying to help somebody out by saying, "Hey, stop that behavior. You're gonna get yourself in trouble." I'm gonna tell your mom, but mm-hmm, now you go mm-hmm. tell mom or dad, and mom and dad is stay out of my business. And so mm-hmm. that village has been broken down because everybody wants to be on their own. I'll handle it. You can't say nothing to my kid. Yeah. Yeah. And and so that's a, and so those are the examples that oftentimes kids are seeing, and yeah. Yeah. they know that nobody can say nothing to them. And yeah. and, and right now, even the mother's role uh, that she used to be has broken down so much that you know it, it it's. Um, I don't know. She don't have control over the house no more. Well, you know, times have changed. <laughs> a and, lot of them, you know. And, and both, you know, and, I, and I'm not saying it's wrong, wrong or right. right. Two parents now, it's not like it used to be. One no. parent can work, the other one didn't have right. to. Nowadays, and the cost of living is so much higher. Go is. buy, Go buy some Food. eggs now. I went to the store to buy <laughs> eggs the other day. I don't do groceries. Mm-hmm. And my wife, I don't do groceries because my wife just handles it. Not because I can't. Let's clarify right, right, that. Right. <laughs> that almost sounded like I don't do groceries. That's not what I meant. No. But I, my wife said, hey, can you go? I was at the store. She goes, mm-hmm. can you pick up some eggs? So I'm at the store, and I look at the eggs, and they're like $9 a dozen. I called her. I said, hey, is this right? Should I go to a different store? This seems crazy. Right. $9, $8, $9 for a dozen eggs. She goes, nope, that's what it is. And I said, Okay. I thought I was like, where am mm-hmm. I at? Am I at the wrong store? Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it often takes two parents to work, and and they got to put food on the table, and, and they got to be a roof over their head and clothes on their on them. So mm-hmm. I think it, times have become more difficult, mm-hmm. right? And education is more important than it even used to be. Right. And and so I think that's where it all is going to start in the family and education and and. 
and, and being able to have jobs that are yeah. sustaining. But but for some reason, the the younger generation don't see that education is still the key to open up doors and to you know have dreams. They don't see that as that anymore because they too busy on day to day trying to survive, yeah. trying to you know uh, the peer pressure has gotten harder yeah. and the bullying and things like that. However. There's another elephant in the room in Peoria, and it's the unsolved murders. You know, I've always said that that's a factor in these things. Uh, give you an example. Um, there's like, you know, so, so say there's an unsolved murder of a father, and he has kids, okay? What do you think is going to happen? Because the majority of the unsolved murders we found uh, in some of the statistics are African-American men. Uh, African-American making up 23% in the Peoria area. Is that right, Chief? Well, I'll tell you, okay. since you asked, like, I could tell you that last year's homicides. Mm -hmm. um, 2022. 2022 were 24 homicides. Mm -hmm. uh, 19 are African-American. Mm -hmm. 14 of them were men. Okay. Right? And when we talk about shooting incidents, somebody hit by gunfire. Mm. Right? 106 people were hit by gunfire. 75, 78 were men, male blacks, and right. 21 were female black, right? Yeah. So it, we know where it's at, right? Like what's the demographic mm -hmm. is at? Mm -hmm. and, and that's absolutely correct. Um, and it's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, and so the offenders yeah. are the same well, demographic. Yeah. Um, and you know, oftentimes people don't want to talk about that, but I, yeah. I think you have to talk about it we when we're working on the problem. It's not to yeah. blame. It's not to say. No. It's no. to say this is where we need to be. We need to be this in these. This is how we can stop the violence. We right. have to look at yeah. uh, offenders, and we have to look at reoffenders. We have to look at felonies, yeah. and they're also part of the process of yeah. trying to fix things. Yeah as they yeah. are getting themselves cleaned up yeah. and showing these kids, yeah. like I said, going in the schools, yeah. they were scared straight. You would, you go, they would take you to go see the Peoria County Jail. You wouldn't want to go back no more, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, like, I, and I'll say, we don't have, you know, the, the term often in a cold case. Mm -hmm. Our cases are maybe inactive, but they're, mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're not necessarily closed. They're just inactive, right. waiting for leads, waiting for more investigative information to come through. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes, right, we've had, we had 22 homi 24 homicides right. last year. So guess what? Mm -hmm. Those 24 are taking precedent right. of what's happening now. I, happening I have, now? I have yeah. four homicide detectives and one that we just kind of assigned there temporarily to help mm -hmm. catch up. Mm -hmm. um, and, and these cold cases are, are, are very difficult sometimes, what is call, oftentimes called cold cases. I right. they're, well, they're inactive, technically, mm -hmm. um, because we're waiting on information. We're, we're waiting for somebody to come through mm -hmm. and say, A, B, and C, we've followed every investigative lead we possibly can. Mm -hmm. We can't magically make evidence appear. Right. And we have one shot now, on now, these cases. Now, right? that's the other thing that really... Uh, has always um, bothered me and, and bothered a lot of us in the Peoria area, and, and which I know when we're talking about demographically, this stuff called no snitching is still alive and well yeah. in everywhere right now. And 
and this is unacceptable. We have to do something more than what we're doing to get the word out to reach these kids, like you said, a much younger age to stop this whole mentality that you don't want to tell. Because if, you know, like we say, if something were to happen to, to, to you or to me, I would want somebody to speak up for me. Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. And, and we got to get past that. And, and one do. of the things that we we've must. implemented uh, beginning of last year was TIFF 411. So if you're mm -hmm. listening and you don't have TIFF 411, mm -hmm. go into your app store, type mm -hmm. in Peoria PD, mm -hmm. and download it. It is an app. You can talk to us mm -hmm. by text anonymously, and we can respond to you anonymously. And so you know how well it's worked. We had 725 tips on TIFF 411 last Good. year. So we're making progress, and I think people are starting to see uh, that they can they can communicate without there being any other ramification. Mm -hmm. I think the people are scared, right? Right. People right. are scared, and I I think it's part right. of it is that. So this gives you an opportunity to to share some information for us to be able to ask some questions, some mm -hmm. clarifying questions if we need to, mm -hmm. anonymously as mm -hmm. well. Um, when the John Buckley Memorial Garden <laughs> does the Who Killed Me poster campaign. We do see a lot of resistance and families not want to be involved in the unsolved murders. But I can tell you, well, can you tell us if you've noticed that it, it makes a difference when you see these pictures around or what? Yeah, I, I think, that? I mean, when we put, when yeah. we post the jury mm -hmm. stuff, I mean, yeah. It blew up. Like people were, were talking about it again. And mm -hmm. I think that's what needs to happen. It does. And it wasn't always positive. Because right. all of a sudden, well, you didn't put my family mm -hmm. member up. You didn't and, and, and we didn't control that. You right. know, they needed to of contact course. you they and need, yes, and, and, of and work through that with you. Yeah, because there's there's certain right. things and yeah. lines that we won't cross because those yeah. are people's loved ones. Right. You can't take their right. picture yeah. and, and just post it up anywhere right. without their permission right. or signed agreement. Right. And I also like the fact that uh, we also merge with you guys put tip 411 on that this year as well as mother's war on violence is merging with the john buckley memorial garden and we're going to do playing cards yeah. for unsolved murders yeah. you're doing that with the sheriff's office correct and we're supposed to but <coughs> i that hasn't quite been verified okay. just yet right. um however we're going to start doing it kind of as an awareness fundraiser type okay. thing all right um well i think any any time you can highlight mm -hmm. the, these mm -hmm. these cases mm -hmm. and and maybe it stirs something up in somebody to share some information and uh and and that's the point is yeah. somebody knows what mm -hmm. happened and the family feedback that we get is that it helps them feel like nobody has forgotten about their right. loved one right. which is going to do what encourage the kids to go to school it's going to give them hope yeah. okay it's going to give mom and dad whoever's around left uh <clears throat> sisters and siblings you know, that somebody does care and our city does care yeah. because this year we plan to bombard the city again with, you know, of course, we need more volunteers. But but we plan to bombard the city again with more flyers and whatever we can. Um, and then uh, I'm and then another way that we're <coughs> trying to help those families is by doing the gun buybacks uh, last year. And 2022, Mother's Day weekend, uh, while you were the new chief of police, it was the first time in Peoria since I've been doing involved in the community stuff that I've been involved in a, a gun buyback that was by a chief. Because Pastor Barnett, he had done it uh, some years back. 
but but the Peoria Chile, I mean the Peoria um, chief, I mean of the police department doing they well not doing it, but you know yeah yeah supporting encouraging <laughs> and supporting yeah. mothers was the first time that has ever happened in the, all the years I've been here. I've never heard it. You know, well, I think it's a, it's like, a it's a missing voice that we haven't tapped into, mm-hmm. and and you know we wanted to encourage. Women are powerful. I believe Women that are too. powerful. Mm-hmm. Listen, I, I, I've, you've heard me say this mm-hmm. numerous times. Mm-hmm. Listen, when I'm mad at home, <laughs> nobody cares. That's right. But let my wife be mad. Okay. The dog's walking mm-hmm. on eggshells, right? <laughs> Everybody walking on eggshells. Mom's mad. Oh, hold up. You got to be careful. Right. You know, nobody cares. Mm-hmm. I ain't the chief at home, mm-hmm. right? So, um, so I think it's a powerful voice. People listen to their mothers, people listen to their aunts, people listen to their grandmother. Mm-hmm. And if we could get women to just unite uh, against mm-hmm. this violence, mm-hmm. right, how powerful would that be? But we, we, we fail at all levels to unite our own selves, right? It just, yeah. it's just, it's sad. We we know where the, where the issues are at. Mm-hmm. We know, but mm-hmm. it, we're quick to point fingers at each other. Right. Instead of just coming together and saying, how can we support each other what can we do to get information out but but guess what my thing is that i'm not into the whole click thing of of, of pointing fingers at people uh, because you know when you after you've had this this uh, type of thing happen to you and you lose a child uh, it's kind of like uh, people kind of shun you and they don't see you as part. You could be still part of the team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you know, we still can be part of the team, even though we don't may not have the highest degrees <laughs> and we're just moms yeah. or some of these mothers. Like I've heard them say some of the grandparents are like 35. We still can be part of the solutions in, in helping in a community for our, our, our kids. Absolutely. And, and, I, the and more they tell them to step up. Uh, that's right. And the more that you get those mothers and grandmothers and aunts and, and all these women to step up and, and even uncles and grandfathers and stuff uh, who, who've lost a loved one, they're still is important as well. Yeah. It, it, it won't do anything but win-win as much as we can on doing our part as the community. Uh, I, I heard you, uh, excuse me, I know we're going to get that uh, cure violence and and I and I saw you at that meeting, and I see that it's important. The biggest piece to that whole thing is the community. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think the more we, this is not a police issue. Right. It is not only a police issue. Yes, we have mm-hmm. a part mm-hmm. to play, right? But this is a community. This is a community issue. And how do we, as a community, again, it's about partnerships mm-hmm. and engaging each other. And there's 114,000 people in this mm-hmm. city, right? There's right. 200 officers. Okay. Um, you know, we need your help. We need your help. We need your eyes and ears. Awesome. Yes, we do. And we can't do it without all of us putting in our brick. Um, so that concludes our session of um, Mother's War on Violence. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you for WCBU 89.9 FM. Thank you.